get a good realtor partner. Don't go cheap when it comes time to find the professional that's going to sell that home. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. With us today, Aaron Hendon. How you doing, Aaron? Joe, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing? I am doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Aaron. He is a five-star realtor with Keller Williams Greater Seattle. He provides boomers with aging parents a stress-free way to handle senior transitions and estate resolutions. He's the host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, and he is, of course, based in Seattle, Washington. With that being said, Aaron, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Well, I'd say I'm a residential realtor now. I've been a real estate investor for about 15 years. I got into the residential agent side of it about five years ago, something like that. Also an author and an educator. I really do consider my job to be consulting with people when they're making the biggest, most expensive transaction of their life. I work with investors and individuals looking to buy their homes. Anyone looking to buy residential real estate. Okay. Let's just clear that up in my mind a little bit. So anyone who's buying residential real estate you work with, but I believe, do you have a focus with baby boomers or is that not the case? I do. So one of the niches that I focus on are helping boomers with aging parents. It's really sort of the avatar there would be me. (laughs) I'm a boomer. My parents are in their nineties and I didn't know anything about anything about what I was going to have to deal with when it came time for them to move out of their homes. They got themselves a reverse mortgage on their own. I didn't know anything about that. I had to go look into that. Estate resolution. It's just such a stressful time for people. You know, Joe, it's such a hard space emotionally, 
buying a house itself is emotional, much less your parents dealing with all of that. So just anything I can do to facilitate that transition, I thought would be a really useful, valuable niche. I come from sort of the mind of the, I don't know if you ever read the book, The Go-Givers, but just sort of how can I help? What can I do to provide value? And I thought there's a real niche that really could use help. So that's a focus of ours this year for sure. The last couple of years, actually. Makes sense. And I do enjoy The Go-Giver and the author of that, Bob Berg, has been on the podcast a couple of times. So best ever listeners, you can listen to his interview on the show as well if you just Google Bob Berg and Joe Fairless. So let's talk about your investing approach. I believe you said you were a residential real estate investor for 15 years. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. What were you investing in? Single family homes to remodel and rent out and get value and flip at some point, but buy and hold mostly. Okay. And was that a past tense or present tense as far as you being an investor? Past tense. How come? Well, because came the downturn, we lost our money. <laughs> we lost our capital in the downturn and have been slowly building back up. So that's how, sort of how I got into the realtor side of things. I thought, oh, well, there's a way for me to stay involved in something I enjoy and carry none of the risk. It's a very low risk model from the point of view of the realtor. And yet I could facilitate that with people that were looking to buy and hold or flip or do anything like that. So at this point, financially for my family and stuff, we're probably in the next 12 months looking at getting back in because now as a realtor, of course, I get the advantage of the commission. <coughs> oh, oh yeah. It's ridiculous for me not to be back in. <laughs> but it took some time. I'm sure you have listeners that for whom the downturn hit them and it did for me for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I'm curious now that you're going to get back into it, what is your approach going to be now versus then? Well, for sure, don't get carried away. It was very easy. You know, looking back on it now, it was just sort of insane. Ninja loans and all the questions I had about it at the time were like, wow, are they really going to lend me this much money? Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> so to not get carried away and not do things that don't actually make sense. You don't have to take the money just because they're giving it. That kind of thing. Like if it doesn't actually make sense, there's probably something on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. So to do it more slowly, do it more cautiously, not get carried away, make sure that a downturn doesn't take out everything. What will be the type of financing or property you purchase on this next go around? I would stick with single family residences because that's really sort of what I know and it's my sweet spot. As much as I enjoy learning new things, I'd like to start back up with what I already know. And I would prefer to start with, if I could find the flips, I would do the flips. But in the Seattle market right now, there's just so low inventory. And everybody who's already in the business, all the investors, they've already got that covered. So I would most likely be looking for buy and holds in a, the southern Puget Sound, Tacoma area. There's a couple of great colleges there. So vacancy rates would be naturally lower because of the turnover, mm -hmm. because of the demand. And there's the joint Air Force Base, Lewis McCord, which are great tenants. And the home values are certainly low enough that you could buy and have the rent pay the mortgage and then some. And that's really where we're going to be looking. And with the fix and flip, do you have your own team that you used in the past that you would just 
activate them again? Or are you starting from scratch with the team? I would be starting from scratch with that team. What's your role in the fix and flip process? How hands-on are you? I wasn't at all. Like I said, it's been years since I've done it. Right. So there's no team now. And when I did it, I was not hands-on at all. Okay. I'm not handy with a hammer. <laughs> that makes two of us. So let's talk about you being the host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. How long has that been running and what business result have you seen from being the host? It's been about a year and mostly it's just a top of mind kind of phenomenon for people. I frankly don't get a lot of subscribers. It's not something I particularly promote as a podcast. It's more I do educational videos at least two, three times a month about topics that people ask me about. Sometimes I'll do interviews. I'll do interviews of people that I think are contractor or lender or something like that, that applicable for people buying residential real estate and answer those kinds of questions, things about what are the most profitable remodels I should do before I sell or the least profitable remodels. What's it like to live in this part of town? Like market updates, what's the market doing? Things like that. So that people, when they think of residential real estate, they might think of me as a resource. And all those go up on YouTube. All those go out to my email list of about 2,000 people twice a month so that people really, again, total go-giver, value, value, value. When they look mm -hmm. in my direction, they think, oh, well, there's a resource. There's someone who, has, who could give me some advice. So I've had, in terms of ROI or business results, things like that, mostly it comes in the form of people call me. I just got a call from someone that I haven't spoken to face-to-face, voice-to-voice, haven't spoken with in 12 months, mm -hmm. 18 months, something like that. And they just called and they said, listen, you know, I've been getting your stuff and I have a question or we're now ready to sell. And it's that kind of uh, constant drip of value on them that leaves with no ask, no sale, not asking for anything that leaves them when it's time to find someone to help, they come to me. I love that. And one thing I've noticed with my podcast initially is that I didn't get any comments or feedback or outreach from strangers initially. But what it did is whenever I shared it, it influenced my current circle of friends and family. And it positioned me as a thought leader within my current circle of friends. And so the people who had been either needing questions answered in the real estate investing space or were thinking about it, who I already knew, this then positioned me as a thought leader. And it sounds like it's been similar results for you. Yeah, Joe, 100%. That's really, I don't know how you feel saying the word thought leader about yourself. You know, it always makes me sort of uncomfortable. I always consider myself to be, okay, I'm just some guy. But at the same time, I am putting myself out there and I do think that I have value to add. And I think that's exactly right. I think it positions me as someone who people could turn to. And I think for any of the listeners, everyone's got something to add. Everyone's got value. Everyone's got a unique perspective. And I think it's just a question of bracketing and putting aside our own internal thoughts of, oh, well, I'm not really that smart or oh, I really can't do that. And just put yourself out there. Have you noticed any tangible business results since you've been doing it for a year? Like any deals that have closed or any transactions, or is it still kind of brewing and brewing and long-term you'll see stuff? One thing I do with the videos that turn into the podcast, but those videos go out twice a month to my list. And then I always call through my list of anyone who's opened the videos. Yep. 
So, you know, you get a click report. You can find out who opened the video and who clicked on it. And when, as soon as I call through that list, and that's prospecting, part of my phoning is calling through that list. And I call them and I've, I've had people on the other's eye. I said, go, great. I've got your video. Thanks you so much for calling. Listen, my brother-in-law is ready to sell. You want to give him a call and that kind of thing. So I've probably done two, maybe three deals last year. Excellent. Something like that first from the emails. And it's the prospecting though. You can't really tell that they're calling in from the videos, but you, you can tell if you call them. So I don't know how many deals I got just from it other than the ones that I called out mm-hmm. to, but it's two or three for sure in the last year, which is not bad. It's the first year I've done it. So, Yeah, that's great. Especially when you can start looking at the platform paying for itself and then some. You mentioned something earlier that piqued my curiosity you said the most profitable remodel and the least profitable remodel before you sell. So can you tell us what those are, one, and then number two, if they're market-specific to Seattle? I don't think they're market-specific, although I certainly want anyone to come back to me later and go, oh, no, that was just Seattle. (laughs) I don't know. I think in terms of most profitable, and again, I'm speaking to individuals out to sell their home, not necessarily investors looking Uh for money to put in. So I haven't done it from that perspective, but from the residential homeowner out to sell their home, the first thing I think they need to understand is that no remodel is going to return more money than they put in. That remodels, at best, you're looking at 80 to 90 cents on the dollar from an individual fixing their house. It's different if you bought a foreclosed home and you're going to go put money into it. That's a different scenario, and I haven't done that work, but for the private homeowner looking to improve their house, if they're already clear that their part of the value needs to be the amount that they enjoy it, that they don't do it just before they sell because they're not going to get that money back. The most profitable seem to be putting on a nice deck or fixing the deck that they have, making outdoor space. It's relatively inexpensive. It looks great. And it adds in usable square footage in some way that doesn't necessarily get reported, but it's fantastic. And it creates a great eye appeal. And that's such a big deal when you're selling your home, right? So that's one thing. Same thing with kitchens. Now kitchens, you can spend $40,000 remodeling your kitchen and you're not going to get that back. But if you did it intelligently, did it economically, did it in a nice, well-done way, you can get 90 cents on the dollar back when you sell that house. And if the kitchen becomes more functional for you for the year or two that you live in it before you sell it, fantastic. Yep, That's a great, great use of money. And then the third one is usually going green. Tankless water heaters, possibly solar, maybe radiant floors. If you're doing an add-on, put in the radiant floors. and It'll give you, again, the best shot at getting 90 cents on the dollar and only more and more popular, right? Green solutions are just becoming more and more valuable as we move forward in, with our economy. So I think those are the three places that residents can look. And what about the least profitable? I think the least profitable ones are, first of all, primarily anything you do, think principle involved is no one is out to buy your home. People are out to buy their home. They don't want to buy your home. They want to buy a house that they can turn into their home. So things that you do to the house that you love, like paint. If you're going to paint, you better be painting white. (laughs) Yep. You better be paint neutral. Do not paint that room pink because you love pink. It's detrimental. Not only do you lose the money and time it took you to paint it, but people are going to pay you less. Mm-hmm. Same thing with carpeting. Unless the floors are just horrible, you're way better off giving a carpet credit than you are carpeting. 
because no one's going to like your taste. Nothing personal, but really don't. Just don't put new carpet in, like flooring, any kind of vinyl flooring. You just cannot rely on that. The buyer wants that. And you'd be better off offering that much money in a credit than you would be doing it yourself because you're liable to turn someone off. So things that are cosmetic that are particular to you are the worst possible investments you have to flip the house. Yeah, that's a great lesson for investors, definitely investors, as far as no one's buying your home, they're buying their home. So make sure we do the renovations that align with the mantra. Yeah, very good. Great way to say that. What is your best advice ever for real estate investors? This is very self-serving, so you'll have to forgive me, Joe. But, you know, get a good realtor partner. Don't go cheap when it comes time to find the professional that's going to sell that home. A good realtor, and if you interview a realtor well, should be able to get you more money at sale than doing it yourself or doing it with a discount broker. And you can absolutely find realtors whose list price to sale price ratio is high enough to cover their commission. And finding someone like that is like finding a great contractor. It's like finding a great drywall. What's the list price to sales price ratio? Is how much over or close to list price do you get when you sell a home? You can ask that of the agent whenever you're interviewing him or her? You sure can. I guess you should. Well, look, isn't the point to get the most money in the least amount of time with the least hassle? If that's the point, then that's the kind of questions you want to ask your realtor that really nobody asks, Joe. This is literally how I got started in my educational program of creating videos and creating books. And I'm in the middle of my second book now called Real Estate Blind Spots because it's so shocking to me that people actually do want the most money and the least time with the least hassle. But what they do when they interview realtors is pretend, oh, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's wacky. Okay, you can ask that question, what is your list price to sale price ratio, but how do you get validation or verification that what they're saying is correct? If you're questioning their honesty, we got a problem right away, right, with using that person. But you could easily ask them to show me the listings you sold in the last 12 months. When I go for a listing appointment, I print out the last 12 months worth of listings and I show them the list price to sale price ratio. Now, Mm. no one does that. I know no one else is doing that because everyone else is organized around the way the market thinks and the way the market thinks is all realtors are the same. So therefore the first one that comes to my door is the best one. And that is really how the market thinks. And I'm out to break that up and let people know, look, those those other people that you might've interviewed, did they show you this? So you could just ask them to print it up off the MLS. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking what's your list price to sale price ratio, you can just ask, can I see the listings you sold in the last 12 months? a printout of that. And then you're not questioning their truthfulness. You're just asking them to look at that. And then on those printouts, will it show the original list price and the sale price? It'll show the list price, the sale price, and the days on market. Mm, and they should on market. all be right there for you. And it'll blow their mind. I promise if your investor, if your listeners do that, there will be people that get chased away. There'll be people that get insulted. There'll be people that find you arrogant. And what a great way to vet who you work with because how dare anyone be insulted? They're about to take two, three percent of your commission (laughs) and they're going to get insulted. I love that. That's phenomenal. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. What is a good ratio? It's a really great question, Joe. That's a really, really great question. And that is something that you either 
would want to research yourself and find out what the market, because look, in Seattle, it's a super hot market. It's insane. Multiple, multiples over asking price, two days on market, six, seven, eight, ten 10 offers. It's crazy. Okay. It's not like that everywhere. So our team does 105% of asking price on average, where the local market altogether is 100% of asking price. Because if you take in all of it, it's 100% and we consistently get 105%. Good. It's not like that in Tallahassee. But you should find out what it is like in Tallahassee. If you're in Tallahassee, find out what the overall market in Tallahassee is like so that when you compare realtors, you're comparing them against your market average, not some national average, but you, where you're selling. And you can ask them. You can find a realtor that find that out. I'm trying to think how an investor would find that out a little bit off about how to do that. We could simply ask three or four or five people, real estate agents, that question, and then we'll at least be able to compare those five against each other. Completely. And then you can see, because look, if you get someone who's obviously heads and shoulders above the rest, you can then start asking, okay, well, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And then, Joe, I think it's really great. Just really good point. Because at that point, after you've gotten their actual performance, then you can ask the questions, okay, do I like hanging out with this person? Yeah. Does this person fill me with confidence? Do they make sense? Do they have integrity? Is this someone I want to do business with? I think those are also still critical questions. I just don't think those are the only questions. And those are pretty much the only questions that anybody ever uses, not the performance one. I love that. It's very helpful for anyone listening who will use a real estate agent, which is most of us. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, let's go. First, a pause for our best ever partners. Okay. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S.com. Now let's roll right into it. What's the best ever book you've read? I'm going to tell you the last book because it always the recency bias is always right there for yep. me. The last book I read is called The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. That's the guy that wrote Moneyball and The Big Short. And I find him fascinating and great writer. And The Undoing Project is about Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman, who are Nobel Prize-winning psychologists, who created really the field of behavioral economics and just a fascinating look on how human beings are so predictably irrational in their buying. And I just, oh, it's sign really, me up. Yeah. It's the basis of my second, of my next yeah. book, real estate blind spots about the way we're idiots about real estate. I'm reading that for sure. That's next on my list. Best ever deal you've done. Okay. The best ever deal. I have a very good friends that I got to write an offer for. I've actually done this twice now with friends, but one where we went and saw the house. It was their second house they saw. We walked in. They loved it. There was already an inspection done. I called the realtor. I said, hey, my clients really love this place. Do you have an offer? They said, yeah, well, we just sent a counteroffer back to them, but it's not signed yet. I said, okay, well, if I wrote you an offer at this price, could it bump the one you have? They said, yes, it could. 
So we sat down at a coffee house. We wrote up that offer, got it to them. They rescinded their counter offer and accepted our offer. So mm-hmm. while that's clearly some other realtor's least favorite deal, that is now <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite deal. I love being able to do that. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Honestly, I do work with a company called Landmark Worldwide. It's a company that's committed to transformational leadership and transformational education in the world. And I have been participating and leading programs with them for about 20 years. It's a volunteer process for me. But man, to watch people step beyond who they know themselves to be and into a world of where they become leaders in their own life, there's just nothing like that. What's the biggest mistake you've made on a particular deal? Uh, that was what was there for me when you said, what's your favorite deal? It was my least favorite deal. <laughs> um, there was one last year where I had this great client. I totally love them. And they did love me up until this. And the deal was sort of closed way too quickly. You know, it was out of protocol. Like the whole thing was out of protocol. They were using Bank of America, which if I could make sure that none of your investors ever used a big bank. It would make me thrilled and happy. But so they were using a big bank and I knew it. It was a problem all the way through the deal. And the deal finally got approved and was ready to close on a Friday. And my client emailed me and said, can I please, 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 can we please get in there this weekend? Can we close today? And I said, yes. And I should have said, well, we really do need to do a walkthrough, which could postpone the closing until Monday, but we should do a walkthrough. How do you want to do it? And I didn't say that. I just said yes. And we went ahead and closed. And then we did the walkthrough. And the seller had left just a ton of stuff all over the house. And while I paid for the cleaner, I got it all cleaned up. My client was just heartbroken that they had gotten a house that was just so poorly maintained. And it all could have been avoided had I done the walkthrough, had I done what I know to do. They won't use me again. It was a tough deal to put together, but I didn't do what I know to do at the end. And it was just a shame. It was really disappointing. Lessons learned along the way. That's for sure. Absolutely. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with the Aaron? Probably the best thing to do. So I wrote a book about interviewing realtors called Don't Get Fooled Again. The seven questions you must ask to avoid hiring the wrong real estate agent again. If they go to don'tgetfooledagainbook.com, they will not only be able to download that book for free, They'll also get on my mailing list, which will then get them all my information. And they'll also be on the list to get a free copy of Real Estate Blind Spots when it comes out later this year, which is a much more thorough investigation of the ways in which we are irrational, foolish with buying and selling real estate. And I'd love their feedback on that too. So that'd do me a really big favor if when they got a copy of that book, they were available to give me feedback. So that's a promo for your investors. Sweet. Well, Aaron, the number one question you gave us, if that's any indication what's in that book, everyone definitely should get the book. I love the question we should all ask potential real estate agents who work with us is what is your list price to sale price ratio? Or maybe instead of that, just ask to see the listings over the last 12 months, and then you'll see the list price to sale price and days on market, then compare them to others or compare them to the standard that we know the market to be at. So thanks so much for being on the show. Lots of other great lessons. That's the ones clearly head and shoulders above for me as I took away from this interview. Hope you have a best ever day, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. Joe, thank you very much. Thanks for everyone listening to it. Appreciate it. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? 
Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S.com.